Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Hey, I got it done on the first try. First try. First try. Way to go, Bat Joe. I'm Lego Bat Joe. Welcome to my movie episode. And you are? Oh, I. okay. We already announced, and we're going to announce me again. Uh, Mike, Mike Sutherland. All right, all right. I'm Joe. I'm Joe Spiegel. Good for you. Trying to do Lego Batman. All right. Sometimes, yes. Other times, not really. Okay. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes not. Yeah, sometimes I do the voice very well. I, you know what? Lego Batman, um, doing Will Arnett's Lego Batman voice, it's it's one of those kinds of uh, voices for me where it's I can do it almost perfectly when I'm as I'm watching him do it like that. You know, there's certain ones I can I can really do them at that time. Then there's other ones I can do do without having to hear it. Like the parrot thing, right? I'm Batman. So anyway, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the Lego Batman movie. All right, which is the 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 what is it? What do we call that? Mike and I's new movie of the week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I'm uh, I'm wearing what ear. I'm <laughs> I'm wearing earphones now, and this is it's making me feel weird. So just bear with me now, or bat with me, and we'll we'll get through this together. Uh. We're also going to be talking about our flicks of the week. Mine is going to be the Netflix original series, Santa Clarita Diet. Great. Used cars. I am... Yes, because he sold them, and now he's going to talk about the movie representing them. All right. Good job. All right. And then we'll talk about some uh, news. You know, we got some Kevin Smith news. We got some Hellboy news and whatever else. Okay. All right. You got any other news? No. No, I fucking don't. Well, that's news for your ears, isn't it? Yes. All right. All that and more on a couple of average Joe's in escape podcast. <laughs> never, Why can you never will, get it fucking I will, right? I will never get it right. Ever. The Cinescape Movie Review Podcast. It's that simple. Don't put borders on me. I'm not telling you how it's done. No. Take it away, Robin. Take it away, Dick. Fly, Robin, fly. Right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 All right, let's do it. All right, so of course Mike and I went and saw the Lego Batman movie. Um, holy shit, dude! It's been three years already. Okay. I, I I thought the Lego movie came out two years ago, but. Apparently not. It, it, I guess it came out what the right before, like six months before Guardians of the Galaxy did. You know, I'm you know I'm connecting it. You know, because of the uh, connecting it. You know, yeah, those two fourteen. Who's God? Why am I brain farting on the name? Who you know the Jurassic World guy, Chris Pratt. Thank you for yeah. having it up there. <laughs> you know, because Chris Pratt does the voice for the main you know main guy. Yeah. Oh, hey, I took my kids to the drive-in last night. It's to, actually not three years. It's been like that. Well, it is three years. It's I, almost three years to the day. I took um, my kids to the drive-in last night, so we saw, um, you know, I, I saw Lego Batman again, right? So. And that scene where where he they're they're going into Arkham Asylum, 
to uh, you know to shoot Joker into the Phantom Zone, and they all have to take off their pants. Mm-hmm. I looked at my kids and I go, "Honey," or I go, "Alfred, where are my pants?" I didn't get the pants reference the first time we saw the movie. All right. Oh yeah, and then we got fucking subjected to the Ninja Go trailer. I don't understand the the reference. Because Please catch me up. I'm wondering if like they did that on purpose to 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 subtly connect to the the you know the first Lego movie. You would think was you know just the pants without saying where are my pants you know honey where are my pants thing. Okay. I don't know. just that's the dorky part of me. What do you what is this animal logic? I don't know what that is. It's not your problem. I know, but it's on my it's in my face. I'm looking up a job. So. Oh, you couldn't have done that when you were up till six in the morning. <laughs> you got to do it now during the podcast. I do. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch! All right. So, anyways, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to ask you for a favor. No, I can talk about this movie to a point, but for some reason, even though I've seen this goddamn thing twice, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. How can you not have a whole lot to say? Maybe I've like put like some kind of a stigma on on, on kid films because this is technically a kid film. Maybe I've done it where I just I don't take it as seriously as maybe I should, and so I don't think about it as much. Like when I was watching it last night for the second time. I, there was parts and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. I forgot about that part. I forgot about that part. You know? Okay. And then now today, when I was writing my review for it, I was forgetting about a lot of parts again. Okay. What, dude, what if I have early onset dementia or um, Alzheimer's? What if you're just dumb? I could be just fucking dumb. That could be. You know what I mean? Shit. Preach, preach to the ears, man. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best. Just go and I'll help you out. All right. Who cares? (laughs) Okay. So. Yeah, three years later, all right, get another Lego movie or big screen Lego movie, mm-hmm. Lego Batman, which is, look, if you could have picked any character from the Lego movie to get their own spinoff, mm-hmm. this is the smart way to go. Okay, Lego Batman. I mean, Batman sells itself. Regardless of how shitty the live action movies have become or how lacking they've become with DC, if you're going to do Lego, do Batman. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do Batman because Will Arnett, he's one of those actors where some people like him, some people don't. Me, I'm I like him more than I don't like him. It depends on what he's in. Like if you if you throw him in the Ninja Turtles movie, he's a stupid, wasted character, right? Right. But you have him in other things, and like in Arrested, Arrested Development, he's fucking great in that, right? So it just depends. You give him good material, he can run with it all day. It just depends. You give him Batman, and he runs away with Batman, you know, and that good casting. You know, when they had him do the Lego movie, and then for this, it's great, because he's got a great sense of humor, and this movie is just full of sarcastic humor, right? Mm-hmm. And What's your name, Dick? I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> Kids can be cruel. Kids can be cruel. <laughs> yeah, and this movie is just, that's what it is. It's full of, of pop culture references, especially Batman references. Um, if you know anything about Batman's history, then most of these references you'll get you know, right from without having to read about it and stuff like that. Like me, I got all the live action stuff, right? You know, when he when he shows when they showed Lego, um, Lego uh, style versions of all the movies that you know Alfred was talking about, going all the way to the '66 Batman where it showed the, you know, the actual live footage from that. Yeah. Um, but then there's other things too. Um, but there was certain, that time in 2014. There was that time in this and this and this. Yeah. And in that weird time in this. But when he was talking about all the villains, and when Joker was talking about all the villains. And he, he goes, Google it when you get a chance or something like that, right? Right. 
when he mentioned the condiment king, I did not know that the condiment king was real. I thought they were just fucking around. No. And in, I looked at yeah. It was you he was used um sparingly in some of the animated series too. Uh-huh. And uh I, you know, I learned that, you know, I looked up stuff and the found out Doug Benson did the voice for Bane. Mhm. He did a very good voice for Bane. Yes, yes he did. And uh and what what else? Who else uh, who did Riddler? Shit. It's weird if I only had it written down. If only. If only I had it written. Uh, oh, Conan O'Brien did the voice for Riddler. Right. But a lot, there was a lot of these characters that, like, they maybe had one or two lines. Like, they had Billy D. Williams do the voice for Two-Face, because originally he was going to be Two-Face until the studio was like, oh, we want a, we want an Oscar-winning popular actor like Tommy Lee Jones to play him. In we Batman. want a white guy. <laughs> yeah, we want a white guy. Yeah. White, 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 white guys sell better. Right? So, um, you know, the... <laughs> There was one th- uh, voice, though, that threw me off the whole time we're watching it. Because I'm like, dude, it sounds like Ray Fiennes is doing the voice for Alfred, which was great. He was great, great voice for that character. But uh-huh. then Voldem- Voldemort shows up in the movie and it has, and I didn't know this at the time, but it was Eddie Izzard that was doing the voice. Right. And I like Eddie Izzard. If you, um, if you ever get a chance to watch the Hannibal TV series, Eddie Izzard shows up as a serial killer that isn't as um, clever as Hannibal. Uh-huh. But he's still, he's a great actor. He's a very good actor. Um, and I like him. I like him in everything I see him in. But it it was weird to me to have him do the voice for, for Voldemort. I thought it was great. Did you? Yes. All right, well, tomato, tomato, whatever the fuck, you know. Well, look at it this way. What? Okay. They have Ray Fiennes doing Alfred Pennyworth. Uh-huh. And he could have done Voldemort. Yeah. But what's, what's even better is you have another British actor mm-hmm. doing the voice <laughs> Of a character doing the voice of a character that's you know played by a guy that's already in the movie, yeah, right. And just the idea of having someone else do the voice—it's not a slap in the face. It's f- it makes it even funnier in and the I movie. Had, I had a feeling you were going to say that too, I, and it's not one of those things where I'm like, "Oh, he's going to argue with me about." No, it, you know what? It doesn't really bug me, even though I put in my review that it, that it bugged me. They have fucking Mariah Carey as the voice. I know that was <laughs> wow, Laura Keitlinger. Yeah, there's Ralph Garman. Yeah. Chris Hardwick. Yep. And the director, Chris McKay, he did additional voices. He did a pilot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there was a shitload of voices, man, in the, in this in this movie. Shitload of actors. I'm really surprised that they didn't have Justin Roiland. Who? Justin Roiland. Um, who did he um illuminate me? Holy shit, dude. Where the fuck have you been for the last month? <laughs> Can anyone else come out and say they know who uh, Justin Roiland is? Oh, wait, we don't do live tweeting on our recordings, do we? No, no, we don't. <laughs> but there's a reason for that. So anyway, all right. So tell me, tell me, Mike, educate Joe Spiegel. I'm not going to. Really? No. You know why? Because we've been doing the goddamn voices for a month now, and you can't remember who the fuck Justin Roiland is. I, I guess. I'm, I'm truly angry. <laughs> I'm fucking angry. Okay. All right. So, oh. <laughs> dummy. <laughs> <laughs> he does Rick and he does Morty. Yeah, no shit. Lemon grab. Okay. It's a brain fart. He, he's That's a- not a brain fart. That's a complete fucking No, he's just, look, I'm not used to Justin Roiland, you know, knowing his name. I I know I look, I've known his characters for a while, he but He plays Mr. Meeseeks. <laughs> Mr. Me I can't even fucking Nobody try. Nobody can do that one. I'm not trying going to try it ever to, I'm never going to try to do Mr. Meeseeks ever again cuz that felt so wrong coming Mr. out. Mr. Meeseeks. <laughs> yeah. Can't even do it justice at he all. He didn't, yeah. Uh, Dr. Lang- Langeskoff, The Tiger and the Terribly Cursed Emerald Adventure Time, Finn and Jake Investigations, 
pocket Mortys. Look at him. He's from Stockton, California. Yeah. 37 years old. He's already loaded. You know he's rich from all these voices he's doing. Okay, whatever. Well, popular. If you're a voice actor for popular character, usually you, I would assume you get some money. For, all right? Uh-huh. What the? F- okay. Uh-huh. Gravity Falls. Okay, so. Yeah, he did Blendon. Bobby Renzabi. He did a voice for Ice Cube's head. <laughs> and Community. He does uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yo. Pig, Goat, Banana Cricket. Psychopath. Looks <laughs> like a bunch of shit you'd watch. I've seen Pig, Goat, Banana Cricket, but what a Future Worm is pretty. F- Pocket Mortys? Yeah, I don't know what Pocket Mortys it's are. It's a video game. It's probably right. one of those downloadable app games. Probably. Job Simulator. Virtual Regality. All right. So, yes, Justin Roiland. Why, why, um, well, dude, there's so many voice actors out there. I mean, and you know, like, this is Warner Brothers, dude. So, you know, most of the time they're going to try to use known actors to, to, to sell some shit. Okay. Well, uh, they did have Billy D. Williams, so I. But you know what I mean. I mean, look at if you look at the if you look at the whole filmography of this film. You know, even though there are some throwback actors, you know, there's there's popular bankable actors in this. You know what I mean? Like Michael Sarah, Rosario Dawson, Siri. I mean, Siri does the voice for fucking Pewter. Right, Pewter. Yeah. So Pewter. No, oh, is it your phone? My phone? That shit vibrates right through my goddamn crotch. I am talking. See? No, I don't. <laughs> All right. So yeah, man. Look. This movie has a great sense of humor for the most part. And I've had it. The movie has a few hiccups for me, but it, it's still overall it is well done. The animation is awesome. And the story delivers for the most part. My problem is, is that because this is a kid's movie, they've always got to have some kind of moral, moral to it. Right. And, you know, look, the first one, I, I it made sense. You know, the uh, you know, the Lego movie. Was you know the the main character is he's a no he's a quote unquote nobody right and it's learning how to accept yourself and love yourself and not worry about trying to be like anything other than what you are whatever blah 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 right okay that works for that movie because he played in, you know Chris Pratt was a nobody right but in this movie he's fucking Batman okay he's billionaire Bruce Wayne and he's alone yeah sure he's alone watching Jerry Maguire <laughs> laughing his ass off right and and look I I get it I get it to a point yes he's alone. He pushes everyone away to protect them and and because he doesn't want to feel that sense of loss like he did when his parents died. And look, this is like the first is I off the top of my head. I think this is the first time I've seen anything Batman related that didn't show his parents get killed in it. You know what I mean? Right. They still talk about it. Yeah, but it was quick. You know what I mean? It, it they didn't they didn't show him falling down a well or all this stuff. You know, or showing the pearls fall to the ground. They always got to show the pearls fall to the ground and hit the ground, right? Right. So I'm glad for that. They just showed a picture of his parents in front of the, you know, front of the theater or whatever. So, um, but yeah, the, like like it was a selfie. Yeah, and the, the but the morality of the movie is, you know, besides the fact that you know, like he didn't have to be alone. It the the moral is also, um, you know, your team is there for you, and you all have to work together and yada yada yada. But he's Batman. He works better usually when he's alone. Not always, but. You know, he is, look, Batman is like the, the smartest non-superpower having superhero ever, right? So he knows what the fuck he's doing. Let him do what he does because he's going to save the goddamn day, all right? If other people are going to help, okay, fine, let them help, but stay the fuck out of his way because he's Batman, all right? He is the Dark Knight. So I had a little bit of problem with that because what it does is when that when the, when the that issue comes up in the movie, not, not when he's sitting at home uh, and he's bored and he's eating his lobster you know, and stuff like that. Thermidor. Yeah. I looked it up, too, to see what lobster Thermidor was. It, it looks pretty tasty. Um, but uh, that all worked. 
But what I had a problem with is later on in the movie when it's him, Alfred, Robin, and Barbara Gordon, you know, that mm-hmm. that girl. Um, I have a problem with it. It kept slowing down the story, you know, when they're like, oh, well, we need to, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, come on, dude, just let's get into it, you know? There's more, the more to it than this. See, it was funny how they kind of did the same thing with the him, the his, um, Batman and the Joker's relationship. Right. And that was funny because they made it look like they were, they were a couple in yeah. a way, and it was funny, right? Um, but yeah, with the other stuff, it was, it was, it felt kind of, it felt forced to me. I like to fight around. Yeah, it felt forced with the, uh, with the family and friends thing, and and also, uh, what was my other problem with the movie? Um, it was that the third act. You know, there are funny moments in the third act, of course, but it felt like the third act of the Lego Movie, where it was just this big action set piece, and it was just fucking almost like chaos. Right. And look, the beginning of the movie had a huge fight piece too where he's fight, where Batman's literally beating the shit out of every single Batman villain, mm-hmm. you know, single-handedly, right? And it but it worked. It was it, they were able to perfectly choreograph, you know, the action with it and have all the sense of humor with it too. It's you know like with the penguins kissing, you know, Poison Ivy keeps kissing every penguin. Mm-hmm. He's throwing it up and shit and all that stuff. It was and then all the the the, the pop culture references and stuff is all hilarious but in the third act it just felt cluttered chaos you know oh we gotta have a big action set piece right right you know the look it 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 worked more than it didn't work in the lego movie because they were able to change it up where they you know they broke the fourth wall and it went to real real person world with with will ferrell and the kid right and that that was funny because it changed it up but this movie it doesn't do that i'm not saying it was supposed to but should have done something a little different than just rely on this big action piece does that make sense so but other than that, and I, look, the movie could have also done a bunch of other things. Because it's connected to so many different Warner Brothers properties and DC properties, it could have cluttered it even more than it did, you know, because it has Lord of the Rings with it. Uh, it's got, you know, it's got Harry Potter connected. It's got, it's got, and it's got DC, right? It's got Superman, Flash, you know, Justice League, everybody, right? It could have over-cluttered it with that. It could have, like, at first I was like, well, why isn't Superman coming to help more, you know? But I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is, this is a Batman Lego movie. If Batman, if Superman comes in, he's just going to take over, right? And then it's going to take away from Will Arnett's character. So yeah. Besides, Superman was off doing stuff. Yeah, he was partying <laughs> or something, enjoying life. You notice that um, when he went to the Phantom Zone, when Batman went to the Phantom Zone, that that Zod wasn't there. Mm-hmm. What happened to Zod? Because he had just got sent to the Phantom Zone. Money, <laughs> rights, character rights issues. I, I I don't know. There's a ton of people in the Phantom Zone that I know. So. But yeah, whatever. I did, I noticed that though, especially uh, the second time I watched it. Uh, but yeah, other than that though, it's funny when it when it relies on Will Arnett being Batman, and even uh, Will Arnett being Batman as Bruce Wayne. Um, all that's funny. Michael Sarah's funny as little Robin because he's just overly. Michael Sarah's Robin reminded me of the um, the unicorn, the you know the 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 pink unicorn character. Yeah. Which uh, was that Tara Strong that did that voice? I think so. Yes. Okay. So, uh, or it was Jenny Slate who does the voice for Harley Quinn in this movie. Possible. Um, but yeah, yeah. fucking look it out. <laughs> it's all right. You love voice actors, especially you know um, voice actors that don't get enough credit in the in the mainstream world. You know Correct. what I mean? So if we can bring a little more to light, then we should do it. Nick Offerman's a badass. I mean, he played Metal Beard. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh, I, I like Michael Sarah's Robin because they could have also. They, they, his character was definitely cheesy and sentimental, but they didn't. They it's, they seemed to know how to do like not too much of it, you know, because they could have overdone it. But they didn't. 
And that's why it works. That's why the, the Robin character worked really well. But I didn't care for Rosario Dawson's, um, uh, her, you know, Batgirl, you know, Barbara Gordon. It just, it felt like she was there to be the, the, uh, what was it? I don't want to keep using this fucking word, but the moral compass, right? She was Batman. She was, she was supposed to be Batman's moral compass. Right. You know, aside from Alfred. And it just, you know, look, if they have her character there for a reason, besides the, the fact that she's Batgirl, and Batgirl's an important part of the Batman universe. But what I'm saying is, she even makes a reference of like, well, if you can call me Batgirl, can I call you Batboy? Right. Right? And that's supposed to be the whole equality thing, which I'm fine with, because, you know, progress and all that shit. But Allison Brie played Unikitty. Okay. So, but if you're going to have her in this movie as a, as a, as a, to have a certain statement on equality, then shouldn't you do something more with a character than just be, you know, Batman's moral compass? Well, yeah, but again, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. So the other thing is, is that they, the whole, look, this is not even canon stuff. No, not at all. Because, you know, everything that is, um, Everything that is done in the movie is just <laughs> silly. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. And it could be look this this the story might as well have been made up from by a little kid playing right. with his toys, right? Right. So yeah, I, I get it. It's not canon in any way, but it is still it's it's Lego canon. <laughs> yeah, in a sense. So you know you, you have <laughs> you have um, Barbara Gordon becoming the commissioner. Yeah, where we all know that she is Oracle. And uh, and a whole bunch of other things. Was there, weren't there people that complained about um, them fucking with the canon, like I, I like early reviews when the, when when this movie came out two weeks ago or a week and a half ago? Probably. There's people like, oh, well, the, that doesn't happen, that, dude. It's fucking Lego, right? Like, like, dude, chill out. Yeah, I don't relax. It, it, it gets to the point where it gets silly. Yeah. Where who gives a shit about canon when you're watching? Yeah. Yeah, the Lego. Look, if you've played any of the Lego video games, they're all they all poke fun at the movies or the you know whatever property that they're doing. They always poke fun at it, right? Like Jurassic Park and the goofy shit it does with that one, you know. So you're not supposed to take it all super seriously. No, and that's the fun part about this movie. Mm-hmm. I I went into this fucking movie with the idea that a it's just going to be an animated movie. B I I don't want to get into <laughs> you know anything. Anything serious for canon when it comes to Batman? Because I'm a purist. Yeah. But when it comes to silly movies like this. You know where to draw the line. Right. Yeah. It, it At some point, you just go, fuck it. It's just fun. Does that, guy beard, does that guy's beard look like hash browns? <laughs> it looks like a waffle cone. Yeah. The fuck his beards, etc. It looks like an asshole. Get your fucking waffle cone beard off my stage. Look at that guy with the curly, with the super curly fucking mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty fucking. Yeah, that's the Uber villain right there. Fuck. One million dollars. <laughs> he should be the spokesman for the Olympics. All right. So, uh, only if he had five. That's a lot of. Fear. All right. Uh, because well, we're looking at metal beards. All so the yeah, I, I look. I gave I gave uh the Batman Lego Movie. I gave it a seven out of ten because it's definitely better than average. Mm-hmm. It's a really good kids movie. Kids loved it. My kids loved it. You know, even my sixteen year old daughter, she loved it. You know, it, it was funny. You know. No one took anything seriously with it. It was just a fun movie to watch. I think your kids pretty much like it. Yeah, but you can see what stays with them and what doesn't. Like, like they're definitely trendy and in the moment with certain things. But then they, but you can tell what they are. You know what it is and what it isn't because over time, like the Lego Movie, they still watch the Lego Movie. You know, right. we've had that. You know what? It came out three years ago this month. 
and it came out on video in the summer of 2014. So we've had we've had it on on Blu-ray for like almost three years now. So, and they they've watched the, that movie a shitload of times since right. then. Yep. No, it's it's a good movie. It is. Uh, and look, I, I, and I, look, I know that the Ninja Go. <laughs> I, I'm like calling it Ninjago. I like calling it Ninja I'm Go. Not correcting you. I'm just. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I um look. The trailer for the Ninja Go movie came out, and I was like, "Fuck you." Like trying to just more filler, trying to pump us with more goddamn Lego shit. Mm. But even though I have no interest in seeing Ninja Go, it looks good. It looks it looks like it's well written, you know, well well voiced, and it's gonna have you know it's gonna stand out on its own like the Batman does, you know, the Batman Lego movie and the Lego movie itself. Right. It looks like it's going to stand out on its own. And it's gonna be worth seeing. I just don't like the whole Ninja Go concept. I didn't like the cartoon. I don't like any. It just seems to me like a like a a marketing gimmick, but that's just me. I'm just not into certain things. Like I'm not into fucking yo Pokemon, even though there's so many people that are still. <laughs> it ain't going nowhere. So anyway, um, yeah, I give it a seven out of ten. What's your take on it, Mike? I enjoyed it. I um, I didn't care for the ending morality bullshit. You know, I always think that when you're doing children's movies or animated movies like this, yeah. geared towards kids at least with overtone. You don't need to put a morality clause in there. You, you don't know? have to full house it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought the way that they pulled the city together <laughs> was dumb but creative. It ends funny. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <It's click>. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> So even when it gets overly cheesy, at least it, at least it ends on a funny note. Yeah. And and I have a, like, like I said, there's, there's a few minor problems with it. But overall, I mean, the lighting and the animation... Everything was so well done. Like when he's spinning around and the camera's in front of his face and he's in the Batmobile. Yeah. And how the lighting is around him. Yeah. Or yeah. when they're when Joker turns Wayne Manor into Jokerville mm -hmm. or Joker Manor or whatever. And the purple lights, the purple green lights, you know, of Joker. Yeah. Are shining through everything and just lighting everything up and, you know, the Ferris wheel and all this other stuff. Yeah. So, so well done. Yeah. And that's that's a tribute to um, not just the animation studio that helped it, but the other animation studios. Well, we we talked about Animal Logic. Mm -hmm. There were several animation studios that were involved with building the Lego movie. Yeah. And for them to be able to put something together this complex. And it and it's half the budget of movies of its of the scope. Yep. And like Moana. Yeah. Things like that. And again, it's supposed to be just over the top dumb. Yeah. You know, with Batman, the Batcave. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Bruce Wayne. Bruce, what is it? Bruce Wayne lives in Batman's attic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's an exaggerated Batman. Right. And that's and it's fun. That, yeah. That makes it exactly fun. You know, and they have the costume changes and all this one, you know, Rastafarian Robin or whatever, Rastafarian Batman. Yeah. And then they had all, you know, Nightwing, which, you, you know, uh, Robin puts on the Nightwing costume, but it's got little, you know, bat wings on the back. Yeah. You know, just silly shit like that. Yeah. So it would have been funny if, if Batman at some point pulled out the Azrael, you know, uniform because yeah. Azrael took over as Batman when Batman, when Bane broke his back. Yeah. Just minor things like that would have been, but again, you're asking for way too much. Yeah. You're you know, like, just like, for a little sequence like, like going that. even deeper into the mythology. Yeah. 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 So, but they had, I mean, they had a clay face in there, which was cool. Yeah. They had, you know, and I agree with you with with Galifianakis as Joker. Yeah, you know he played it as a straight man. Yeah, instead of instead of DiMaggio or Hamill. Mark Hamill, whoever else. Yeah, 
you know, or even the live action ones, you know, you know, not even Cesar Romero. It just, it didn't feel right at all. Uh, you know, we, we're used to a certain kind of Joker now, you know, whether it's the Heath Ledger emo fucking crazy Joker or the Jared Leto fucking meth head Joker or, or, you know, Jack Nicholson's just, you know, goofy, goofy Joker, right? You know, it, it's, you expect Joker to be a certain way. Yeah. And this one was, look, I don't have a problem with Galifianakis doing voice work. I, just not for Joker. It didn't work. It didn't work for me at all. No, and if you're going to do if you're going to do Joker, you have you have an entire history of Joker, Nicholson, Hamill. We've already gone through them all. Yeah. But playing the Joker as a straight face, as a as as a as a straight man to Batman. Yeah. I first and foremost, I thought it was a it was an interesting take on Joker mm. because Batman is just so fucking crazy out there. Yeah. Where you have Joker who's just like literally just sane. He's just, you know, I, I'm going to take this out. I, I feel spurned, so therefore I'm going to take out all my, you know, anger on him. Yeah. And I, I thought that was funny, you know, but you have to have the personality of the Joker involved in all of that. Yeah. So when you, when, when you do a voice of the Joker, regardless of it, you could still play it as a straight man. Yeah. I mean, look at Michael Emerson in, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Right. I and and I didn't care for that one, but yet that one still was way better than Galifianakis. Right. And and the way that I look at Emerson's character in The Dark Knight is he he's been basically catatonic. Exactly. And that's why I, I thought about that too and it, it works. Yeah. And so he's and he's and he's probably just hopped up on fucking <laughs> a mass amount of drugs. He's relaxed. Yeah, so he's he's in this in this state of mind where he's not fucking wicked crazy. Well, yeah. he's, I mean, he is, but he's not. He's had time to think. He He's not Bob Barker. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to put on this <laughs> gigantic show. You know, he, he's not a, he, he's not David Lee Roth. Yeah. This three ring circus Joker. He's, he's a more mellow, older Joker. Yeah. Who now has a vision. Not until Batman throws the battering into his eye. Right. <laughs> That's when he starts getting a little crazy. Yeah. And he starts shooting people. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. that's not true because he killed everybody. Yeah, but he built. He, had, he he like kind of you know built into it. You know what I mean? He. he but grew. he did it calmly. Yeah, he was the exact opposite of what he was. He he was. Yeah. So that's a good dichotomy of of jokers. Yeah, he aged like a fine wine. Yeah, and and then Zach Galifianakis is is like you and me. Yeah, he might as hey, well. Hey, Batman, I don't really like what you're doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, he might as well like been a museum tour guide or. Or something. It just, ben it Stiller's character from A Night at the Smithsonian. Yeah, it just it, it didn't work for me. And I, no. look, I understand it's a kids movie. Hey, dum dum, got gum gum. <laughs> hey, dum dum. Yeah. So that that's my problem with it. Even Cora, my daughter, my sixteen year old daughter, she leans over to me and she goes, she goes, that's the that's who they that's the Joker voice. That's Joker. And I go, I go, yeah. I go, yeah. It didn't work, does it? She's like, no, no, Joker's that's not Joker. <laughs> she yeah. goes, that's not Joker. That's not the Joker. Yeah. So uh, what'd you give the movie? Uh, I'm about the same. All right. Seven and a half. Well, hey, the, the first Lego movie is still sitting at like a 96% approval, approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this movie is at a 91%. Yeah, these are good movies. Um, they're good for... They just show the amount of effort and care that these yeah. writers and producers and directors put into doing these movies. Yeah. Unlike the live action Zack Snyder. I read something about Zack Snyder that, like, he... Oh, James Cameron really likes Snyder. Yeah, and look, I, I'm not. But he was also Zack Snyder did like a whole bunch of shit in the '80s that you wouldn't have thought that he was. Oh yeah, because he's like in. he's in his fifties now. Yeah. 
So look, it's Anyways. just look, man. We could we could talk ad nauseum about how much we we disapprove of Zack Snyder. Look, the guy. Look, the guy belongs in Hollywood more than he doesn't belong in. Hollywood. It's just that he's not doing DC right. He's he still uses the same simple tricks and nonsense to pull a quote that he's been using since 300 came. Yeah, and he did Watchmen. It's a comfort zone like Michael Bay. Yeah, and and that's fine if you're going to make a good fucking movie. Yeah, when he showed the teaser of Batman and Superman, it looked fucking awesome. And he, and Batman looks up into the sky. Yeah, and and you're like, holy shit, this is fucking Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, that that's that scene right there. I'm totally in, right? Uh huh. And then we got, <laughs> we got what we got. Yeah. And and that's but on the other hand, then you have this. You have the Lego Batman movie, which doesn't take itself seriously, is a fun time. Yeah. Take and and is more genuine Batman. Mm-hmm. Than everything that's been done after Christopher Nolan, yeah, uh, movie wise or yeah, you know, again the animation seems to have it down. The animation divisions seem to have it down. Mm-hmm. The live action can't get its ass straight. No, no, and now look, I ha- I quit reading about all the rumor shit, rumor patrol shit. Oh yeah, because about fucking, Batman now now Ben Affleck is out of the movie, and I, I I'm not even reading it. I just keep seeing the blips from another source, another source, another source. But ben, ben Affleck might be leaving Batman altogether. Yeah, sure, I'll believe it when I see it, and I don't really give a shit right now because you're still not doing it right yeah. anyway. You know, and look, I don't look Ben Affleck. He jumped on because you know it was a great opportunity to mm-hmm. play Batman, right? Yeah. And then I assume the paycheck was really good too. But still, he jumped on board, and if he sees that things aren't going right, and he he's trying to play for a while, but it's still not going the way that it should be going, can you blame him if he leaves? No. I can't blame him. I can't. It's, you know. I could write a better movie than most of the shit, that, they, and I'm not a professional, sir. And you know what? And look, man, I'm not even humoring you. I truly believe you could. I truly, honestly believe you could. And you haven't you have published shit. <laughs> I don't. When it comes to Hollywood yet. <laughs> but still, yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Lego Batman. Go see it. It is fun. Fun movie. Just don't expect too much from the third act, but there's still moments to sell in it. All right? Especially when he tries to raise back up into the Phantom Zone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cora's like, my daughter's like, yeah, they're just going to throw him back. They're just going to throw him back. I go, you sure about that? She goes, yeah, yeah, they're just going to throw him right back out. Yeah, and he hits, <laughs> he hits the ceiling. Ka-donk! Yeah, he hits, and then she goes, see? <laughs> see? I'm like, all right. Yeah, well, they didn't throw him out. They barred him. They were like they were like uh, Kenny trying to get into heaven with all the titties. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no! <laughs> Little boy, you're going to hell! Hmm. Speaking of, but that sounded like Headfield. Straight up, sound like Headfield. I think it is, just not as Metallica. Yeah, just, it just... I think that is Headfield. But yeah, I think it's Headfield and Trey Parker. Okay, because so he... speaking of songs, uh huh. So my nephew is playing Rayman, Rayman Chronicles, or one of the Rayman fucking okay. games. Okay, yeah. Never been a fan of Rayman, but I never really played it either. These are fucking phenomenal. And some of them, like, one of them is the Eye of the Tiger. Okay. And then another one, uh, it's not Rayman, Rayman Legends. The game's been out for long enough, there will be a Legends version of it eventually. Like, they have one that sounds like um, Fast as a Shark by Accept. As I live and breathe. Oh, we are so close to Logan, I man. I cannot fucking wait. Dude, because this month is only 28 days, right? Yeah, next week. So, yeah, so after we see a movie this week, yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome, huh? Uh, I keep seeing the rumors uh, about there being a post-credit scene. 
trying yeah. to ignore the shit, but Deadpool. everyone's everyone's pushing it so goddamn hard. It's like, dude, relax, man. Just let us get into this shit. Let's see what happens. Oh, oh, we gotta tell you, we gotta tell you. You just playing music for me? For yeah. Me? See, James Bond. Uh huh. So they they've pulled a lot of stuff out. It is so well done. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like this is like Flight of the Bumblebee. And they're not that long. They're a minute and 30 seconds long. Still a lot of good effort's been put into the musical score. Yeah, like a 60s soundtrack. And the art is really good, too. I've always loved the art. Do you ever play the Spyro games? No. Yeah, you have the uh, the spinoffs uh, over there. Those aren't Spyro. They're spinoff of Spyro. They're the Outlanders or whatever they're called. Skylanders. Skylanders. I thought those were a Spy- Spyro spinoff. Nope. I don't think so. They may be. I'll have to find it. All right, so you're trying to pimp Rayman, is it? Rayman has some great music. No, I don't care about Peggy. <laughs> Peggy. Okay. I like side scrollers. Uh, side scrollers are like my favorite action games. Ram Jam. Yep. Black but they, they actually have that in the song, but they do it keyboard. Yeah. Um, like in there was a Mario game. The Mario game where the actual characters are actually going with the music that's playing on the level. But there's there's another one that. Do you ever play the? Uh, do you ever see that Brutal Legends with Jack Black? Yes. Is it cool? Is uh. it? What system is Rayman Legends on? PS3. Looks great. Looks really good. Well, if the picture would stop fucking around. No, they're doing it. I don't like it. So don't watch it. <laughs> Just listen. Oh, what the fuck? This is it right here. But they're not using the real song that came from the fucking game. This song, the okay, so we're watching this level where he starts off running downhill, and it's like a lava level, uh-huh. and, and we're getting a meaty version of the song. And the meaty version of the song is wrong because fucking, um, I think this is it, Cave of Bad Dreams. That's 3D, though. And it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll find it. This is Asia Game of Girl here. <laughs> See, it's different than the, the one that we saw earlier. Yeah. I know because I had to listen to this fucking song like 86 times today. <laughs> here it is. Animation's really cool on this. Yeah. This, this is very much in the vein of the band except doing Fast as a Shark. It is actually very well done. Damn, this person's had their practice, haven't they? Oh yeah, I love <laughs> I love the animation. Yeah, so that really is fucking jumping on, flying all over the place. You know what this reminds me of? Rocking out. <laughs> um, have you ever seen um, Hercules done by Lucas Arts? It was came out. Years. I don't think so. Yeah, that's the kind of style of it. Anyways, that's that was the song. If you're looking for it, it's called Raymond Legends Metal. Uh, the very real Barto. What the hell is that? Ten items banned on Amazon. Oh, that's a. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. So, <clears throat> as it is, I can write about. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, yeah, the current state of affairs. All right. So there is our review for the Lego Batman movie. Mm-hmm. All right. On to our flicks of the week. Mine is the Netflix original series Santa Clarita Diet. Uh, it started in February of this year, and it stars Drew Barrymore, Timothy Oliphant, and um, well, they're they're and a and a handful of other people. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, it currently holds a sixty five percent approval rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Now, this show, I already was I was hearing good things about it, and I didn't know anything about what it was about. All I know is it was just called the Santa Clarita Diet. And then the picture of it, there's blood on the, on the. the Isn't she dead? Well, I'm gonna get to that, you fuck. But everybody's been watching Santa Clarita Diet. Numbers. Well, I didn't. Uh, I did, well, I know this is, but this is for people that haven't gone into it. So, anyway, I got a piss. So. Well, yeah, you didn't have to announce it, but yeah, we could probably hear you from where you're pissing. 
All right. So, <laughs> Drew Barrymore's character, she plays, she, um, her character is named the Sheila, right? And her husband's name is Joel. They live in Santa Clarita, California, which is, I believe it's northwest of Los Angeles by like, I don't know, 40 miles, 30 miles or some shit. I don't know. Very small town, close to, uh, I almost said Livermore. Livermore. Anyway, uh, anyway, look it up. Fuck you. I don't feel like exp- giving you a goddamn topographical bullshit. So Sheila and Joel, they're, they're, they're in the real estate business. They have a nice home. They live in a very desperate housewives looking area of Santa Clarita. And this movie, this show is very comparable to uh, Desperate Housewives in the style of it. You know, the, the light sense of humor and the way the characters act. Also, hell, there's an actor from Desperate Housewives that's on the show. Well, at least for five episodes or more or so. Uh, played by um, R- Ricardo Shavira, who played uh, Eva Longoria's husband on uh, Desperate Housewives. He plays an asshole police officer who uh, uh, gets to meet Karma. And I'm just going to go with that. I'm not going to go any farther into it. Anyway. Santa Clarita is a bedroom community, the north. Of- yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's very uh, it's very nice, but it's very, uh, w- would you call it white bread? Like, uh, mm, Not really. Well, you know, like... Uh, Pampered, uh, no, like a like a rancho cucamonga. No, <laughs> he's just gonna say no to everything. It's like Sacramento, anyway, or Roseville. It's like Roseville. It's it's mostly yeah. So mostly. So Sheila and Joel. Sheila, they, this is and this is in the first episode. I still have no idea what the show is about, right? And I'm watching about halfway through. In each episode, it's about a half an hour long because you know, like they can episodes are longer on Netflix. So they don't have to have commercials. And yeah, I'd say about halfway through, something happens. Just say it. Who cares? Fucking nowhere. Well, it's funnier if you actually see it happens, but I don't want to give away what exactly happens. But come to find out by the end of the episode, you you find out that Drew Barrymore's character is now undead, and it doesn't do the typical zombie, you know, Walking Dead or Z Nation type dead. It does more like she's still alive, she still has feelings, but now she craves human flesh, like I Zombie. Yeah, and. She has to eat, or she starts to um, lose her, um, kind of like, she, she, well, she starts to die. Kind of, yeah, but also she gets um, uh, irrational if she hasn't eaten in a while. And she also can't eat um, old dead bodies. She has to eat fresh dead bodies, things like that. And they find a clever way around that where, you know, they freeze a body right after they kill someone or something like that. And then kind of like Dexter. So, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like Desperate Housewives meets Dexter in a way. And Nathan Fillion is in the first episode. Um, he plays an asshole uh, real estate king. Um, there's uh, their neighbors. The funny thing is that their neighbors are um, on each side of them are cops. One is a cool cop, like from the sheriff's de- like the sheriff's department. One is the asshole, and then the CHP is the cool ones. Played played by Richard T. Jones, right? He smokes weed and he chills with the uh, offense character, you know, on his time off and shit like that. And he's he's fine. He's the you know happy go lucky police officer. But but Chavera, he's the suspicious asshole that lives next door, and his wife um, is played by uh, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, who is Charlie Day's wife. She plays the um, the uh, was it the, the coffee lady from uh, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the one that Charlie Day's always trying to hook up with. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays that the Chavera's wife on the show, and she's also uh, uh, Sheila's best friend, and she's a slut. She's she likes to sleep around on her husband. And she's always, you know, she's bored with this, this, this housewife thing that she's got going on. So she's always trying to find some kind of new thing to, you know, 
jump onto, literally, you know, whether it be a penis or some kind of new de- fad diet or whatever it is, right? You know, and uh, and her character's pretty funny for uh, for for what she does. Uh, another thing about the show is that they have a daughter who lives with them, um, of course. No, she lives somewhere else. They got a daughter who's played by Liv Newson. I don't know what I've seen her in, but her character's name is Abby, and she's she's that kind of daughter, you know, that is way smarter than her age kind of daughter. Like, like say how like when you watch the movie Juno and how that character's way smarter than everyone else around her is, even some of the adults. Right, right. She always has the right thing to say at the right time. Yeah, that's their daughter, and it works to the part. It kind of helps with with the the dark humor of the show because. She's not as in as much shock as other people are about the condition of her mother, right? So it, it it does work with it. Anyway, as the series goes along, there's only ten episodes in the first season. Um, there's uh, cameo appearances by uh, Patton Oswalt, um, uh, who else? Portia de Rossi, uh, Andy Richter, and I already said Nathan Fillion. But there, yeah, there's a couple. Oh, and Thomas Lennon. Thomas Lennon plays the principal of the school, and he's in at least two or three episodes. He shows up here and there, and um, his he's he's of his characters of Slavic origin, so his mother that he lives with is Slavic as well, and there's a connection to the whole zombie thing that's going on with it. They only they only it's like the tip of the iceberg kind of thing that deals with the show, like the this weird mythology. So anyway, the series just goes along where it's you know Timothy Oliphant's character trying to adjust to his wife because he loves his wife and he doesn't want her to you know go to prison. He doesn't want her to be discovered. So he does all these things to protect her and he helps her out with, you know, with, you know, when she accidentally kills someone, you know, because she's in a hunger rage or whatever. Right. And he just the funny part is, is that at first you think the whole show's going to be this humorous attitude towards it. Right. But it's not because he's he is actually deeply affected by what's going on and he's slowly going crazy because of it. And there's a there's a few moments where him and his daughter acknowledge that this shit is fucking insane what's going on right right but they love their mother and you know he loves his wife she loves her mom and they're trying to make it work and then you know there's there's other um factors that come into play as well like doctors finding out about it or another ca- a character gets bit and becomes a, a, a zombie themselves and but his reaction to becoming a zombie is completely different than than drew barrymore's reaction to becoming a zombie and things like that but that's what's good about the show is that you know it's there's always like this chance that they're going to get caught and then some stupid thing happens and then they get out of it. But because the show's lighthearted and, and humor and dark humor, it works. And there's a, there's every single episode has something that really makes me laugh in it. And a few times really hard, especially the reactions to things. Um, if you like desperate housewives, if you like Dexter, it is definitely worth seeing <laughs> the Santa Clarita diet. It is funny. So, um, and it's uh, it's getting a lot of uh, a lot of people that have seen it really like it. So I believe it's already been approved for season two, and then that one will be coming out, of course, next year because you know it has it's only been out for like three weeks. So all right, there you go. Yeah, this um this TV show is getting a mm-hmm. it doesn't a, a meh type of thing. Yeah, it's like they I watched the first episode and <laughs> I didn't care for it, but I kept watching and it got really interesting. Uh-huh. I'm like uh, okay, I'm. I'm not into this type of show, but it sounds really good. Yeah, dude. Like I said, halfway through the first episode, there's a what the fuck moment, and either you're on board or you're not. And I was on board because it completely threw me off. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say with it. All right. So what do you got? Yeah. So <clears throat> I watched used cars, <laughs> and um, it's a 
Directed by Zemeckis, produced by Robert or Bob Gale. It was written by Zemeckis Gale. Basically, it's it's used cars. Yeah. Um, stars Kurt Russell and Jack Warden. So I I was uh, writing my review for used cars. I was doing some research on it, and Jack Warden was not going to take the role on. Um, he could play both both characters, both brothers. Yeah, Roy and Luke Fuchs. Well, <clears throat> they gave it to him. So while they were filming down. Um, they had police officers who worked in the film in several capacities, including the cowboy shotgun role. But Kurt Russell produced some commercials for Darner's, li- for Darner's, which is a Chrysler uh, Plymouth dealership, was a Chrysler, inviting customers to come in and shop while the movie was being filmed there, which was actually pretty cool. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a big box office smack. It was funny. It's, it's a great movie. Basically what's going on is Kurt Russell plays Rudy Russo. He's a car salesman who's got the gift of gab. And he can pretty much sell he can sell frozen ice cream to an escort. Yeah. And it's it it's really funny to watch how he does it. And they do all the tricks of the trade, all the all the stuff that's that's in the book of car sales from um Garrett Graham, who also plays in this movie, was in a bunch of other movies. If you don't know who Garrett Graham is, he was in Terrorvision, he was in National Lampoon's class reunion of the Paradise. He played um he played a member of the Q continuum. In Star Trek Voyager, Death Wish, hmm. he uh, he played a recurring role as Doctor Norman Pankow on uh, Parker. Lewis. Okay, uh, plus wrote a bunch. He has written songs with Bob Weir of the Grateful Dead, as we may not know. He had me six. Ah, he was also in another movie that I had watched. He was in Child's Play too. See, they don't they didn't even have all of his fucking his uh, bio. bio yeah. on. He was in another movie I watched last night called Naked Space, which is um it starred Leslie Nielsen and Cindy Williams. At first, they called it Spaceship, and then, um, be, you know, to pull audience from the movie Airplane, because Leslie Nielsen was in Airplane. Yeah. And then when when they released it on VHS, they called it Naked Space to pull audience from Naked Gun to make it think it was a Naked Gun thing. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> Do you know who he looks like? He looks like kind of like Terry Kaiser. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Bernie? Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, kind of. Like a, like You look like you could be a brother. Or a relative of him. He looks more like a weird, like he could be the brother of um, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, yeah. Or he was in Happy Gilmore. I can never remember. He played the bad guy at Happy. Christopher McDonald or something. Thank like you, that. Christopher. He, he looks kind of played like Shooter him. McGavin. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. He looks like Shooter McGavin's brother. <laughs> yeah. So is he still alive? Yeah, as far as I know. <laughs> he had a really eye-opening experience in that. Episode. Child's Play too. Anyways, he's in the movie uh, Used Cars. As as another sales guy, uh-huh. and <clears throat> I don't know why I'm bringing him up, but um, as the two of them together, they're really fucking good as sales guys. Yeah, it's it it. There's a moment in the scene where basically uh, Garrett was ad libbing. Yeah, and he ad libbed a, a, a part, and in the scene, Jack Warden, who fucking hated the fact that Garrett was ad libbing from the script, uh-huh. looked at him and said, "What are you a fucking parrot?" And it wasn't part. It wasn't scripted. Yeah, it was Jack Warden really being pissed off with Garrett <laughs> and yelling at him on the movie set. Okay, and they kept it in the film, so that was really funny. Uh, Jack Warden's character, if you haven't seen Jack Warden, he was in Problem Child. Oh, he was one of the. He was the crazy judge in an in and Justice for All with with uh, Al Pacino. You're right. So Jack Warden plays his brother Roy and Luke Fuchs. They both own dealerships. One cross from each other. One's a like a piece of shit dealership. Yeah, it's it's rot lot, pot yeah. lot, or whatever you call it. Yeah, it's it's well, they're both pot lot, but 
they are one is Luke Fuchs is one of these guys that does business on the up. He doesn't like it when people are fucking are are, are fucked with. Yeah. Okay. He just wants his business to be taken seriously. His brother, on the other hand, Roy could give a shit less. He's a dirty piece of shit car sale. Okay. He will do anything he can to make a quick buck. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Luke ends up dying. And the problem with Luke dying is the fact that Rudy, who's played by Kurt Russell, w- was given $10,000 to start a, sen- a a campaign as a senator by Roy Fuchs. Well, this puts a monkey wrench in everything. So what happens is, is because Luke's brother, Luke, yeah, Luke, hold on. Yeah, I got I to gotta flip those around. Roy dies. Luke stays alive. I keep getting those messed up. Um, Roy is desperate to keep his used car lot from being demolished and replaced by a proposed freeway exit. So what he's going, what he's doing is he's trying to take over his brother's dealership, okay? So he can move all of his stuff over there. However, in order for that to happen, Luke has to die. And I think I got it. Yeah, it says Luke dies of a heart attack. Right. But they keep it silent, and they bury him in his car out in the back. Okay. And then his daughter comes to town, who's played by Deborah Harmon, who wants to patch things up, you know, and it it basically just goes from there. Well, Luke gives Roy the money for his campaign, but dies after a test drive that goes wrong because it was set up by Roy to give him a heart attack who knew he has a weak heart. Yeah. Right? Um, Roy buries Luke in the back. Rudy. I got to fucking start learning. <laughs> uh, and tells everyone that Luke went to Miami for a vacation. Yeah. You know? Deborah Harmon, Luke's daughter, shows up unannounced to throw a wrench in the works, and she decides that she's, she's, she can run the dealership. She f- eventually finds out that he's dead, but she doesn't want to lose the dealership, right? Well, she it all wraps up into this neat little bow tie where she's making a commercial and says, hey, we have miles and miles of cars, mm-hmm. okay? That means that Rudy has to spend his money to buy miles of cars to save the dealership from his false advertising, yeah. right? Or, or they lose the dealership, which he really wouldn't. It would just, you would get fined for false act. Yeah. Well, and then Luke ends up losing his dealership. So, you know, Ru- Rudy and Barbara um, are able to save their old dealership and, you know, basically turn it into a profitable business. Yeah. So, you know, and Rudy is one of these, others. I'm the hero of the day by spending my money. I don't, now I'm not going to be a senator. I'll be the owner of a dealership, you know, but- it's it, it basically makes him important. That's what he wants to be. He wants to be important to somebody himself. Overall, I mean, it's a funny fucking movie. Um, it's got David Landers in it. It's got Michael McKeon in it. Uh, it's got... Jack Grandpa Munster in it. Yeah, Frank Ray. Frank McRae. Jack Warden as Roy and Luke Fuchs. There is not a part in this fucking movie that doesn't suck. It starts with, with Kurt Russell rolling back yep. the odometer on a car. Now, you, you can't do that. You Back then, you could. Mm-hmm. Then they start, started putting dye packets in them. So when you rolled it back, it would turn a color, like green or blue or whatever, and you would know that the, the odometer had been rolled. Which is funny, because if you... Can you just keep rolling it all the way around until you just no, got the back dye, to the... the dye pack would load. Even if you went the the, uh, the the normal direction, you know, like it resets, you know, because it only goes up to zero, right? Right. But you're going forward, therefore you're putting miles on the car. Well, I know, but then but it comes all the way back around again once you... You see what I mean? So if you went forward with a number instead of going trying to go backwards, you would have to drive that car a hundred million miles to do that. So you're saying that you there's no way you could turn it to make it go forward on its own? Because if you could turn it to make it go backwards, no, because it w- if you if you hand crank it, yeah, it'll break the die pack. It'll break the, either way you go. Either way. Okay. All right. I got you. Yeah. Once it's engaged, you can do that. You can't roll back the 
whatever because they had die packs up. Roll back or forward. All right. You couldn't hand crank it. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was like a perfect setup to the tone of the movie was him running the, him, you know. Or him him with the $10 bill or $20 bill that he, he, he's got on the end of a fish hook mm-hmm. and he spins it across all the way to the other side and then the guy's following it and he's like, yeah. hey, buddy, how you doing? Welcome to my lot. And then he just <laughs> fucking sells him a car that falls apart as soon as he drives off. Yeah. And then, you know, every, like I said, everything about this movie is funny. There isn't really a downside other than it's atypical. Uh-huh. You always have something happening where you have the wife or son or daughter or someone showing up that's related. The disapproving. Not necessarily disapproving. Just someone showing up that's related when the other person is gone type of thing. Yeah. You know, the twinsies. The twinsies episode problem. So you have one twin leaving the scene when the other twin just happens to show up. Yeah. You know. Well, in this in this case, you didn't have to worry about that because they worked across the street from each other. But, you know, Jack Warden dies, so he only has to play one character. And then his daughter shows up. Luke's daughter shows up. And then all of a sudden, it, you know, it's kind of a, a free-for-all chaotic event. And But it's done right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, Zemeckis knows how to fucking put together a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is one of his first. So him and Bob Gale, who work, who's still working, are able to create this movie out of basically nothing and sell it and you get a classic movie like this yeah and it it's just perfect timing right time right place and they were able to make they were able to take a kurt russell who you know look he's going to go on to do escape from new york and you know all these other things he was a disney kid and now he wants to break free of that disney yep. label and he's able to do it yeah he wanted a zach efron it <laughs> yeah well <laughs> okay well zach efron broke away not really zach he- He's, Zach Efron's not doing the quality work that Kurt Russell had been doing. Quality, you're right. With quality, sure. But he's still, look, man, you see, I saw him in Dirty Grandpa. He saw him in Neighbors 1 and 2. You don't think of him, I don't think of him as a Disney kid anymore. He's in that wedding movie that came out this summer. Right, but what, again, he's not doing the quality work that fucking Kurt Russell did in his first few years away from being a kid. Like in Silkwood? Yeah. I got you. All right. Escape from fucking New York. <laughs> Escape from New York. The thing. Big Trouble Little China. Where's Zac Efron, Big Trouble in Little China? Exactly. <laughs> Could you see him playing uh, a young Jack Burton? No. Oh, good, because The Rock's playing him instead anyway, which is weird. You can't have The Rock play Jack Burton. Jack Burton. You can't have anybody play Jack Burton unless it's Kurt Russell or uh, was it Jar- Jared Padalecki. <laughs> you think I'm fucking kidding. I, like, have you ever watched Supernatural? Put a fucking eye patch on that guy. Oh, he is Kurt Russell. I'm thinking of... Uh, I think I'm thinking of the guy who plays uh, Leonard on <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Leonard. <laughs> That's who I want, Leonard. Jared Padalecki. I don't care about his wife. He gives a shit about his the fucking wh- wife. Damn, I do. Shit. <laughs> that see, okay, fucking Kurt Russell, dude. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I, I I thought I, I thought you you know. If you're gonna do a remake, if you're gonna do Johnny whatever. Galecki, I didn't even have to look it up. Johnny Galecki is the one I was. It's close. No. Padalecki and, and Galecki sound very similar. No. Go fuck. Not even the same. Fuck. <laughs> well, I know they're not. No shit. Jared and Johnny. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think you try hard to be a dick. You just, it just, I, I can't, it just I, flows you're naturally. Just, you're fucking, they're the same, except different. I said that's who I thought of when you said it. They don't look anything alike, all right? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, and he's way fucking taller than him, too. Yeah. Well, that's what platforms are for. All right. Because Jensen at 6'1". Hmm. 
and they're both the same height on the show. I just talked to imagine like, that. I just talked to a coworker about shows I can't get into because of how long they are now, mm-hmm. and like Supernatural, I I want to because I I've never heard anything negative about it. I mean, you you brought up like a negative episode here or there that they make fun of later on, right? But you know, yeah, he fucking he makes a he makes he makes a joke about uh, Misha Collins. Uh-huh. He's like, who the hell would name their kid Misha? <laughs> See, so. The problem is that what it's like in like the thirteenth season now, and there's hundreds of episodes, and each episode's at least forty minutes long. So I don't have fucking time. I don't have time. All right. Well, but you tell me, you tell me, hey, you should check this out. I don't have time. Yeah, but you should still watch it. I have you check out a movie, or or a a television series that has like thirteen episodes a season, not not fucking twenty five episodes a season. Hey. Okay. I know. I I I know. I just saw it the other day that uh. That Negan is on. Um, Negan is John Wind is the Winchester's dad. So yeah. and he shows up every once in a while, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah. So. Um, Anyways, I, I give it a I give it a seven out of ten. I think I gave it a seven out of ten. Supernatural. Yeah, seven, supernatural. <laughs> Used cars. Used cars. Yeah. All right. You know the shenanigans happen. Luke's dealership tries to destroy Roy's dealership and reputation. Roy pulls one over on the crew by pulling a snippet of their commercial. Any highlights? I already talked about the highlights. Complaints to the powers that be that Luke's dealership is guilty of false advertising. Rudy uses campaign money to save the dealership by buying miles of cars. Roy's dealership is ruined. Long live Luke Fuchs. They all live happily. All right, there you go. You read your synopsis. <laughs> right. That's the wrap up. See, you gotta remember that. It, you gotta come at it from a from a love of movies. Either you loved it or you hated it. But you gotta. The fuck are you talking? You about? You gotta finesse your your review. You gotta. Joe, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> you tell me to finesse my review. <laughs> All right. So, uh, news. I only got a couple things for news today, man. It, there's nothing. There's nothing big that those worth talking about. You know, there's fucking Ben Affleck rumors and and pictures from Star Wars and people saying, "Oh, hey, what's wrong with Chewbacca?" I don't fucking know about all that shit, but. What I do know is Hellboy 3 is not going to be happening, according to Guillermo del Toro. Okay? Not happening. He said that he talked to the powers that be, and he's 100% positive that Hellboy 3 will never happen. Okay? That's news. Yeah. Because I've... How long have, been, have we been waiting <laughs> since Hellboy 2? Oh, uh, nine years now. Well, this summer yeah. it'll be nine years. Nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Nine years. And, and now... Ten years, man. Nine years. Ten years. <laughs> Ten. What do you do? A professional hitman. Does that come with dental? <laughs> I kill people. Uh, yeah. It's it's been almost nine years since Selma Blair declared she was pregnant with twins, and yet those twins are pretty fucking old by now, wouldn't they? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so Hellboy Three is not going to happen. Uh, yeah, that's fucking. I I felt like mentioning it. I'm not going to mention the whole. Oh, Keanu's open for a Matrix sequel, and uh, and uh, yeah. Okay. And anyways, there's concept art from Star Wars, Let's, and uh, Joe. Yeah. There's been concept art for Star Wars because they pulled it all from. I'm the being art sarcastic. Of Star Wars: The Force I'm, Awakens. I'm being a smartass. You can tell by the accent. Fucker. No. All right. So the other thing I have is that Kevin Smith has been hired by BBC America to produce, Maybe. write, and direct a. Uh, a series based off of the Sam and Twitch comic book, which is uh, a spinoff of Spawn. Right. And now, did you ever, did because I, I want to bring this up because I know that you love McFarlane, Todd McFarlane. Do you, did you ever read the Sam and Twitch uh, spinoff comic? Yeah. How is it? It's okay. It's okay. Okay. I haven't read it in years. All right. So apparently, um, 
the, the series is supposed to do two different things. It's supposed to have an overarching story that goes over the entire season. And also, That's generally what an overarching story means. And also it's going Thanks. to have self-contained episodes. All right. It's going to do both. Now there isn't. They haven't said if there's going to if there's going to be any connections to Spawn itself, well, or there has it, to be, or if McFarlane is going to be involved with the uh, with the show in any way whatsoever. But that's what I got. What do you think about Kevin Smith doing this? I don't know yet, dude. Look, look at Kevin Smith's finally getting to do some comic book shit, comic book related shit besides Supergirl or Flash episodes. I think that's pretty cool. Okay, it's just a police a police procedural television. Yeah. You know, I actually I brought this up because I thought that you were gonna want to, and you your excitement I don't do your news. excitement is is like has overwhelmed this entire episode. I don't I don't do news. I, look, I'll get excited mm-hmm. when it happens. Mallrats, Mallrats, Mallrats <laughs> hasn't happened. Yeah, I don't think it is. Clerks now. three hasn't happened. Mallrats, God damn it, I can't stop saying that. Mallrats, the TV series. <laughs> Hasn't happened. He doesn't want to direct a Batman movie. Mall Flanders. Mall Flanders. Mall Rots. Yeah, Mall Rots. <laughs> uh, but he's going to do a new Jay and Silent Bob movie. How the fuck has Sam not f- died yet from, from all the donuts and smoking he, he, he consumes? I don't know. Why don't you read the fucking comic? Fucking Sam. You know? Um, they were oh, originally yeah. introduced in Spawn. Oh, donuts. It's kind of frightening sort of gallows humor. And it's procedural. Busting perps. Uh, two New York, two New York City cops. You're gonna eat that Twitch. All right, so that's all I got for news, man. I think you'd be a little more excited that they. I mean, the BBC's trying to make a Sam and Twitch series. That's cool. I will get excited about it when it fucking happens. Okay, but say it's cool. Say it's cool that I'm someone. I'm not going to say it. No. Say, say it's cool that someone's pursuing no. it. No, no. <laughs> Until it fucking happens, I don't care. It's 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 news. It's out there in the ether. Actors who ruin their career in a matter of seconds. What Joe did, Spiegel by talking about what fucking did Sam Brendan Fraser do in that picture that made him look like Randy Quaid? I don't know. Quaid. What What did he do to ruin his career in a matter of seconds? What do you think he did? I don't know. Oh, the picture's gone. You fucked up. No, you're an idiot. No, we can't. We have nothing else to talk about on this sh- on this episode that we we should have been continuing for another half hour for. Right, because you like <laughs> to vamp for bullshit. <laughs> Or you could maybe, like, I don't know, have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Why Hollywood won't cast Tobey Maguire anymore? Why why Hollywood won't cast Brendan Fraser anymore? <laughs> All the same. You can look up Brendan. I, I was just fucking with you, man. But I, uh. Why Hollywood won't cast Brendan Fraser anymore by Nikki Swift? Fucking cares. <laughs> I have to click on it. I know. And then I have to do it then. <laughs> At the turn of the millennium, Brendan Fraser seemed to be everywhere. He was headlining Goofy Kids adventure comedies, leading up a mainstream franchise, and nabbing roles in critically favorable films. I would like for you to tell me which critically favorable film he nabbed a role in. School Ties. He was in School Ties. Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters. The Mummy, and Journey, the Set of the Earth. Crash. Simply put, we love Brendan Fraser. Wasn't Crash that one best picture? And then he was in George of the Juggle. Over that movie with gay cowboys eating pudding. Blast from the past and Dudley Do-Right. And then he did The Mummy Returns. <laughs> After he did The Mummy Returns, he was in The Crash movie, Journey to Set of the Earth, which I already mentioned. And Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes, Backdoor Action, and Mon- Furry Vengeance. Monkey Boner. Killing a Comeback. <laughs> the joke was on him. <laughs> Sad Brendan Fraser is sad. He's also getting fat. 
Oh, you mean he's Val Kilmering? Faz really. He's Val Kilming? No, he doesn't have cancer. Oh, that'll get him thin again. But he's actually not been out of work for long. He's in a fucking A&E show. He's doing behind the curtain of the night field. Oh, so the articles, it just means, oh, oh. so he's not this huge star on the billboard of all the posters coming up. Oh, coming. it's just clickbait. Oh, we never do clickbait. <laughs> all right. So the next film that we will be seeing and talking about on Cinescapes, a couple of average Joe podcasts. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck it up forever, dude. I'm going to throw something at you. How fucking difficult is it just to say the Cinescape movie review podcast? I don't want to. I don't care if you want to. Do it. Do it. Do it right. Do it now. Do it now. The Cinescape Movie Review Podcast. That's really that fucking simple. Brought to you by a couple of no. shows. Stop it. <laughs> you wonder why nobody wants to listen to the podcast. Here, here's, here's, here's the simple reason. Oh, a, fuck you. A, we're in a glutted fucking podcast market. We're not making ourselves out there. We're not putting ourselves out there, and we're not rising to to the top because we can't get one fucking thing straight, which is the name of the show that you introduce. You're killing my podcast boner. So the next film that we will be talking about and seeing is is uh, Fist Fight. Fisting. It is a modern-day reimagining of the 1987 film Three O'Clock Eye starring... <laughs> this film stars Charlie Day as a misunderstood schoolteacher who confronts oh, oh we forgot to talk about that a disgruntled cube and it just joe sets into motion are you gonna keep talking well yeah there it is okay we didn't anyway, talk about all right you, well do you want to talk about it or just show me off fucking off uh, show have you <laughs> did you read about it no all right castle rock jj abrams and stephen king are putting together a mini series based on castle rock for hulu that's set in the main town featured in or mentioned in numerous stephen king novels in every stephen king novel i don't know what it's going to be about other than it is a mini series that centers around this town and probably the things that happen outside of the books but will have like let's just say like there's a story that's set in in the uh, pet cemetery um uh, era right so there's probably going to be a story that's set around the events that happen in you know the book Pet Cemetery or Dead Zone, or, yeah. which is going to con- also well, Deadpool too. Well, I hope it's better than eleven twenty two sixty three. Deadpool sequels targeting a May first start in Vancouver and is going by the working title Love Machine. <laughs> Recently, the front runners have been Pierce Brosnan as Cable and Kerry Washington as Domino. And Washington responded to those rumors that don't say about that. The Deadpool writers know more than, of course, they would depart. But you, anyways. All right. So, like I said, we will be talking about Fist Fight next week. And we'll also talk about our Netflix, if they're on Netflix or if they're on something else. The pick of the week. Yes. Our flicks of the week. And whatever bullshit news that uh, I decide to talk about and that Mike might want to back up or knock down. I'm not knocking you down. I just don't give a shit until it's actually fucking happening. I just fuck with you. Like, if the shit is filming, okay, I, it, I'll, I'll get excited. It was, you know why I brought, I brought it up? Because it's Kevin Smith. That's why. Right. We like Kevin. We like the Smith. That's why we're doing it. All right. So, for Cinescape Movie Review Podcast, I am Joe Spiegel, and we're sleepy. You're sleepy. Good night. Pacific Rim. Oh. See, there's a button. Hey, look. It's fucking. There's this little button, upper left corner. 
And if you click it, it stops the show from recording. <laughs> hey, look, it's Finn. Hey. Wow, yeah. Pacific Rim Uprising. Good show! Jolly good show! Jolly good show indeed! Hakuna Matata, bitches! This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle. That's what I call it, my handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. Tweet me at. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah, follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet, <laughs> Twitter. You can Twitter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at. What about you? MPS 5150 because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do button? It, the little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love, and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well, what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> shower, yeah. Share, share the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> this is the end. It's the end. Benito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.